Welcome to a new era of Flop Stars, Season 3. If you've joined us for the previous two seasons, it's much the same. We'll take an album that we feel was criminally underrated or ignored on the charts and unpack it. We've taken on the likes of Charlie XCX, Carly Rae Jepsen, Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and there's plenty more where that came from this season. This week, we're turning our attention to Zayn's debut album, Mind of Mine. As the first member to leave One Direction, all eyes were on Zayn and this project. While Pillow Talk prospered, the rest of the album failed to nab attention as Zayn wrestled with his place as a mainstream pop star. He's just dropped a new album, Nobody Is Listening, so we're going to dig deep into the career of Zayn. Nick, hello. Sam, I feel like... I feel like we deserve a pat on the back this week. We always make plans to do this on the same day every single week. And I don't think in three seasons we've ever done it. But three weeks in a row. <laughs> Organized Kings, we present you the second episode in a week. <laughs> three weeks in a row we have met at the exact same time to record the show. Give or take half an hour and then add another 15 minutes on here and there because, you know, general faffery. But... We're here and we're ready to do this one. Now, you and I had a, um, we had a, a lengthy discussion yesterday about... Yes, very lengthy. ...the kinds of artists that we sometimes neglect to cover. And by those kinds, I mean men. We, te- we generally tend to do women on flop stars. A lot of female pop stars end up on the show. And we've only ever done a couple yeah. of episodes on male pop stars. I think three with Harry and Bieber... And, and, Robbie. and Robbie Williams. So this is the fourth yeah. man we've done on Flop Stars, um, which I think, and this is the one I'm most interested in diving into. I think a very intriguing pop star. I think a very intriguing. I don't even think he fits the mold of pop star necessarily. No, no. Which makes it hard to call him a flop star because we lose that rhyming scheme yeah. that we're so insistent on here. You're right. Um, but without further ado, <laughs> we're doing Zane's debut album, Mind of Mine, which is uh, maybe even more interesting to cover now than it would have been back in the time because we've had the time to see Zane's career, I don't want to say flourish, <laughs> diminish, I think would be <laughs> a better use of word for it. He's been very interesting to watch. And this was an album, obviously the first one to break free from the One Direction mold. Uh, One of the only members to really talk down about the music that the band released. Obviously was very unhappy towards the end there in One Direction. Suddenly he's given the freedom to make the kind of music that he likes, which is this very mature Frank Ocean-esque R&B sound. And people are really genuinely excited to hear it. I remember the hype around this record was quite big. He had the fader cover where he was just pouring orange juice down the front of his the front of his t-shirt as rock yeah. stars do. And uh, when Pillow Talk arrived, there was so much hype that it just shot to number one straight away. Deservedly, I think so. But it, it's an interesting journey that this album's gone through from being this huge thing into almost not being talked about now. Absolutely. I, I think now that you, you flagged the Fader cover, I remember waking up and seeing that and just going, that's a seismic shift from this boy yeah. band pop star who was a little bit troubled 
to his own star. And I think yeah. it's incredible what visuals and placements in magazines can do for an artist's image in the public sphere and can do to change yeah. people's minds without even having heard a note of the music. We got a sense of what he was kind of going into and how he was maturing as an artist. And then, yeah, this this album has kind of paled into insignificance, but Zayn remains spoken about by music critics and spoken about by his fans. Yeah. And even folks who aren't necessarily a fan of him as a pop star, people really, really love the music and think he is just incredible yeah. as, a, as a musician. Um, I think he's got one of the most incredible tones in R&B, pop-leaning R&B music. Um, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm really big on vocal tone and, and I've, I've kind of said it with, with Bieber when we talked about Bieber. He definitely has one of the nicest tones in that R&B-leaning pop stuff. And then I think if you flip the yeah. flip the genre, the pop leaning R and B stuff, I, it's hard to find someone with a most more delightful tone to listen to. Maybe Frank Ocean um, than Zayn, yeah. and that's really interesting because you know one of the cl- huge collaborators on this this record is Malay, um, who is Frank Ocean's you know key moment, and clearly yeah. he can work with that vocal tone and that vocal space quite well. And this album really makes you understand how lost Zane was in One Direction. He, he always stuck out to me as having the most recognisable voice, but it often got lost in the mix. I don't think it's a voice that does particularly well in a group of people or having to stand out by itself because I think the best moments on Mind of Mine are the really quiet moments and the ones where he really just gets to like sink into it and he doesn't have to perform or show pony it too much. And it's it, it's so interesting to consider him in the context of a boy band, particularly now, because it just doesn't make any sense. And it obviously never made any sense to him. I know when you like, when we talk about boy band members, you talk about like their first album kind of being a rebellion to the, to the sound that they were doing in One Direction. And Mind of Mine definitely is but do you see it as this big statement of Zane of 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 Zane having to prove himself as a solo artist or do you think it's just him making the music that he likes making yeah I think it's the latter for sure I don't think there was a question about whether Zane could make it as a solo artist and could be credible solo and I think that often comes with the territory of being the first to leave the band and the first to rock the boat um, we saw it with, yeah. with Camilla as well in Fifth Harmony. You know, there was always that sort of slight disconnect from her. And this always happens when you put these bands together on a talent show. Is It's like, I liken it to being in primary school or high school where you are just thrown in with no other connection to these people than geographic similarity. Yeah. And it becomes a melting pot and there's always going to be disconnects from certain people. And I think the same exists in boy bands and in in groups that are put together by a telly a telly show which one direction obviously was you're always going to find and as as the boys grow up they're always going to 
grow together but also drift apart and realize more of what makes them unique and i think zane probably realized that faster than the others and so yeah. when he got to the point of, of putting the music out i don't think he had any question in his mind i don't think fans had a question either that he was able to do this music on his own and that he was able to come yeah. out and do something that was against the grain of the band that he'd been in for the previous years i genuinely think it was just him going i'm going to make the music that i like listening to and that i'm you know vibing to whilst we're singing these you know these seven katecha cuts you know, on a on a stage with fireworks hanging around. Um, yeah. You know, I, before the show, I'm hanging out listening to Frank Ocean, and so I'm going to make records that feel like that. And and I think you know, overall, looking back on this album that I definitely did not pay enough attention to when it came out. I knew going back on it, I knew all the songs again. I remember listening to it. Yeah. But I'd forgotten. I'd completely forgotten how good this was. It's really good, it isn't up. it? Yeah. Stands up. It's like one of the few albums we've done on flop stars that is like start to finish great like i think there was one song that i was maybe like i could skip this couple, the others couple were of the intermission like, songs. at least a, yeah the others were at least like a seven out of ten i thought but that's it it's interesting how good the album is it's interesting what happened with the campaign but i think it's best for us to start at the beginning with pillow talk which was kind of his major splash and a, a moment that he has not replicated to this date and a moment that went almost bigger than anything One Direction had ever done, particularly in the States, mm. on the charts. So Pillow Talk was just gigantic for him and not, I think an element, of, an element of it was definitely hype, but it's a good song. Like, it's a really strong pop song. It's a big, bold pop song. It's definitely the biggest song on the record and one that really cleverly fuses together his r&b sensibilities with kind of like chart ready pop music as well what what was your uh what were your thoughts when you first heard pillow talk i'll take you back to where i was when i first heard it i was in um a grilled that's a burger restaurant here in australia um, it's always in, you're always in some kind of fast food shut restaurant. Shut up! <laughs> 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 healthy burgers. <laughs> Although I think I got the most unhealthy one on the on the menu. Um, so I was chowing down some um, sweet potato fries, and yeah. I remember it hit two o'clock, and I had a little mental note that it was coming out at two, and so I pulled it up. And I pulled up Twitter and I remember everyone losing their brains over it. Just lots of keyboard mashing and capital letters tapped on the, on the, the clip and just blown away immediately. I think that sharp kind of frenetic production, those really crispy kind of beats, but that, you know, weird synthy thing that like in the intro. Yeah. And then he starts singing and you're like, whoa, that was quick. Like, he's already into the soaring kind of notes. Um, and I think it, it ties... You're so right. It ties everything together so well. We've talked in this podcast before about the idea of a bridge single. And I think this definitely fits the bill of that. It, it's yeah. a bridge from the pop stuff that was so accessible and sing-alongable and, and earwormy mixed with incredible R&B sounds. Um, and... I think like the line will piss off the neighbors, the the sex kind of you know symbol yeah. symbolism in if it. If you leave a boy band, you've got to talk about sex you've and throwing fuck in the first song. Absolutely, it's, just, it's 
it's a rite of passage. Yes. And the reason why I think Sign of the Times didn't do as well as Pillow Talk, there was not enough fucks. No fucks. No fucks given. You had to wait for watermelon sugar for that one. Um, (laughs) Yeah, honestly, the way we can look back on it and reflect on it, you know, and pull it apart like that doesn't yeah. take away from the fact it just was a really, really... It just is a really, really great song um, and just yeah. a really s- nice piece of songwriting, perfectly produced and, and just such a wonderful introduction to what was to come. I don't think from that that we saw the project and and the subsequent projects ending up as kind of left field as they ended up being and as experimental yeah. as they got. And I think that's potentially yeah. where Zayn started to fall down commercially at least, is it all just got a bit weird and it never quite rained back in from the weird. Um, there are a couple of moments that felt a little bit more, you know, straightforward. But yeah. that, yeah. And I, I, w- I wanted to know from you, yeah, do you, do you feel like that's kind of where it started to fall down is, you know, from Pillow Talk, it sort of, you know, just all got a bit much. Yeah, I think... I think when you look at the writing credits on Pillow Talk, I think they're quite different to the rest of the album. Mm. So in my head, he kind of like turned it in and I'm just trying to pull up the writing credits, but um, I think he turned the album in and they were like, it's missing one big song to go out with because there is no other song on the album that he could have gone out with. (laughs) And so I think that they've, they've pushed him a little bit harder for something. Um, Actually, they're not too they're not too different. There's no Malay on there. Yeah, right. Um, but Levi Lennox, who I think he worked with a few times, Levi Lennox um, produced it. I don't know who Levi Lennox. He sounds is, like but I hope um, he's well. he, he sounds like an agent from Entourage. Levi Lennox yeah. <laughs> takes a call, does a million dollar deal, goes back to the party. That kind of vibe. <laughs> Big Pillow Talk really gives me those vibes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, what I was going to say is it, it did feel like they um, felt like the album was missing a single. Even more d- bizarre is for the second single, they chose a song off the deluxe edition of the album. It's not even in the main track listing of the album. Like I Would is in like the... I don't know what they'd even call it, like the bonus tracks at the very end of the album. Yeah. Or in Zane's case, the songs that he fully capitalised as opposed to using <laughs> upper and lowercase in a Frenetic very confusing fashion, fashion <laughs> for the main songs on the album. <laughs> yes, it's, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by the capitalisation use in the titles on these songs. And what that meant. It's very bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. And it's very... Um, what's the meaning of it? Like, what's the reason? See, I don't think this album is lame at all, but that is very lame to do something like yeah. that. It's very it's like... a bit much. You should have just graffitied the album cover or something yeah. like that. It's very, um, I'm out of the boy band and now I'm going to reshuffle around the use of capitalization <laughs> as my main rebellion against the mainstream system. <laughs> But for the big single Pillow Talk, he only... No, that's all in caps. So they yeah. were like, no, you're not doing that with your, no, your not, debut we're single. We're not putting out a Fuck song. Fuck around with the use of upper and lower caps <laughs> on your main track listing, but not the main single, no. no. <laughs> we're not taking a song called Pillow Talk. <laughs> Pillow Time. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
let's let's have our first game, shall we? We're considering um, Zane as One Direction's main rebel character. So I've picked out a few other girl slash boy band figures who've broken away from the mold and made a name for themselves on their own. So we're going to put a Zane song up against a song from an ex-girl band or boy band member. I hope Robbie Williams first, gets an appearance. Robbie Williams doesn't get an appearance. I feel like giving him an hour and ten minutes for a <laughs> wild left of centre album is all True. the airtime Robbie He's needs. had his airtime. <laughs> Hit me. First one's Pillow Talk, which we've discussed extensively now. Versus Like I Love You, which was Justin Timberlake's first single off Justified. Very difficult one, that one, because Like I Love You is almost one of those songs now that you just couldn't, wouldn't change anything. It's so intricately done and interesting and, you know, yeah. at the time quite sort of left field um, in terms of that R&B pop crossover stuff. So you've done a very good matchup here. Whereas I feel like as much as I love Pillow Talk and I think it's a really immaculately done song, um, I think, yeah, there's something about the mold breaking of Like I Love You that was really iconic and still stands up and still goes off. Yeah. Um, like, that that song is a masterpiece. Uh, with with Pillow Talk, it's, like, it's brilliant, but I feel like it could be... It could be another song. Like, it could be another person's song. It doesn't feel... The production yeah. felt familiar to an extent... It felt like that weekendy yeah. kind of stuff we'd already heard prior. So I'm going to go like I love you on this one. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you on the production not being game-changing on Pillow Talk at all. Yeah. However, I think that Zane's performance on the song is pretty game-changing. Mm. I think his vocals are incredible and it was a really bold moment to introduce him as an artist that people should be listening to and people should be taking seriously flip side of that like i love you i think justin timberlake had less to prove yep um that obviously still coming from a boy band but coming from a boy band who was making r&b music um who was featuring justin timberlake's voice as the main voice in it so um definitely still bold to come out with something like like i love you and probably one of my favorites from justified uh, but if I think about the song that I'm going to go back and listen to, yeah, uh, I'll go, I'll go with Pillow Talk. Wow. Yeah, actually, to be honest, when you put it like that, if I'm going to choose to hit play on one and actually listen to it in yeah. the year 2021, and this might be because I've spent a decade in commercial radio playing like I love you consistently, yeah, Pillow Talk is still yeah the one that I'm going to choose to put on in the house. Yeah, and it might just be an age thing. It could be, but I. We're all yeah, there. I do agree with you that it's definitely the bolder, um, more experimental entrance, but yeah. there is something about Pillow Talk. Moving on, Like I Would, from the bonus version of yeah. Mind of Mine, versus Jealous by Nick oh, Jones. Oh, how dare you! This is one of the great now, matchups of... That 2015-ish R&B, yeah. slinky R&B pop stuff. And it's a very difficult one to choose. Um, yeah. 
I feel like I remember you really like rinsing like I would at the time. Yeah. It feels like a you song for some reason. I'm not sure why. Because it's like a bit of a, almost like a dance song to an extent. Yeah. And at that time I was rinsing like really accessible dance music. Um, yeah. So that still stands up for me, but oh, I think Jealous is so fucking good. And I remember it was such a, it did exactly what Pillow Talk did for Zayn, for Nick Jonas. It totally yeah. flipped the script on what we knew about him. And it was such an intricate, smart song. Who wrote it again? I think, did Mike, Julia Michaels write it from memory? I actually don't know. I'm going to have a really quick look while we talk about it. First one to get there while we have a chat about it, Yeah, Immaculate and set up a really great... It was Nolan Lambrosa, the great man. Um, the Sir Nolan, they call him in the industry. He's done... Oh, yeah. Of, yeah, done a fair few tunes over the journey. Um, it's <laughs> a... <laughs> You can start using it over the journey really regularly in the podcast. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just such a fantastic song and it set up so many great like levels and some really great moments from Nick. And I kind of hope that the Jonas Brothers have another lull. As much as the Jonas Brothers songs have been really good, um, I kind of hope they have another lull so Nick's got another moment to go solo. Oh, uh, yeah, I reckon they're done Yeah, now. Yeah, they got there. The whole like hype of the, the wave of them returning is gone. Yeah. They're never going to get a top 10 ever again. They did the movie, they did the album, rinsed all the cash out yeah. of it. And I think they were planning on touring this year and the obvious happened. So I'm hoping they go solo again. Long story short, I'm going to have to go Jealous by Nick Jonas and choose against Zayn once again. But I love the Zayn song too. Okay. Yeah, Like I Would's really good. It's a it's a great single choice. I'm not sure why they didn't just pop it on the album to give it a little bit yeah. more of a place of importance. Uh, definitely would have been one of the anomalies, though, and one of the anomalies of Zayn's entire career doing something more danceable, more like Starboy Weekend as yep. opposed to Beauty Behind the Madness or After Hours. Yep. Um, and definitely not something Frank Ocean would ever do, which was kind of Zayn's launching pad yep. for this period of his career. Good song, though. Jealous by Nick Jonas, though. Like, could listen to it all day. Yeah. Never, never have so ever gotten good. sick of it. It's so good. So good. Like, he doesn't have many for me that I like, and I don't think I'd ever go through a whole Nick Jonas album, but jealous every time it comes on. So feel good, buoyant, light, poppy, ev- like so perfect, perfect. Also close by Nick Jonas. and, and I was about to mention close really by Nick Jonas song. and Tuvalu. It yeah. is a perfect song. And Levels was great as well. Bit weird. Very dancey, yeah. very funky. Big Charlie Puth energy. Um, that was in between albums, was it? Like, did that ever make it onto an album? Or? From memory, it was on. An, it was the single after Jealous. I might be wrong, though. I'm re- that's really scratching my head. At a time, I was doing a lot of brain damage to myself. <laughs> it, was, it was on Nick Jonas times two, which seems to have been some kind of deluxe edition. From Nick Jonas, um, just multiplied by one. Good on him. Anyway, <laughs> that's two for jealous. Moving on. Two for jealous. To... Mean... Two for jealous. No, oh, you sorry. Like, two we people both for, voted jealous. for jealous. Yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right? Yeah, all good. <laughs> Next one is I don't want to live forever. With Tay-Tay from the Fifty Shades of Grey set, or maybe it was 
I don't know, do they change the name of those movies as they go on? Um, versus... Sorry, do they? Is it, yeah, is it always... Fifty Shades Darker, I think, was the second. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. And then something about Dorian Gray was the third. <laughs> I think. Facts. I don't want to live forever. Versus Never Be The Same by Camilla Cabello. Ah, that's a hard one. I don't really care for either of them, to be honest. Um, really? Yeah. Either. I don't know. They're just kind of, to me, both of them run-of-the-mill kind of pitchy, you know, falsetto-led pop songs, R&B pop songs. Yeah. The verses on Never Be The Same irritate me to no end. Um, so I'm going to go, I don't want to live forever on this, just because I think that it's more impressive what Zayn does with the vocal side of that. And I kind of like how the chorus is almost like an anti-chorus until the end. Yeah. I disagree. I, I like them both a lot. I think Never Be The Same is the best Camila Cabello single. Oh, in I my am opinion. out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Not that I'm going to go into BAP for anything. She's done, really, but I'd never be the same. It's, like, really stompy, breathy, like, stompy. big ballad. And I, I don't want to live for... St- <laughs> I don't want to live forever. It's quite similar, actually. And probably better than anything that... Um, that, apart from Delicate, better than anything that Tay-Tay released as a single off Reputation. Yeah. Um, still, I get what you mean. They're still, like, mid-tempo. It's easy to forget about. So... Um, I don't want to live forever. I'm going to go. Cool. Give Zane one. That's nice of you. It's very nice of you. Um, Okay, final one. And I'm interested in this matchup's quite rogue. (laughs) Um, Dust Till Dawn. Versus an unforgettable single by Nicole Scherzinger, Don't Hold Your Breath. Can I be honest and also take 30 seconds? I don't remember Don't Hold Your Breath. Uh, you will remember it. I'm just going to check I it. Look... Give me one second. I, yeah, I'll probably remember when I hear it, but I don't remember it from the title. Oh! Oh, I remember that. See? Straight, that was me today. Yes! When I was trying to... It was either going to be that or um, Look At Me by Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one would have been much easier, so I like that you made it a little bit... You know, difficult. Um, I'm yeah. going to say, or it's another difficult one, because I quite like Dust Till Dawn. I, I think Zayn and Sia coming together was like a a bit of a surprise one, a bit of welcome yeah. surprise, um, and a fantastic song. I think from memory that was also for a, for a movie of some sort. I feel like it was either that, or they banged on about the music video being like a cinematic piece. Oh, that's right. Remember, it was very like high action. It was, it was. Yeah, and the the the, like single art was all about a. um, It was like a drive-in cinema from memory as well. Yeah, Yeah, I think the I think there was lots of like fire and carry on caper in the video clip. (laughs) (laughs) Dust or Dawn's a great pop song, but it's it's I think it kind of suffers from the same thing as Camilla's Never Be the Same. It's very run of the mill. Um, Whereas Don't Hold Your Breath, just a bonafide banger um so i'm gonna go nicole scherzinger and make it 3-1 
Rebel five banger that you couldn't remember. I couldn't. No, I just couldn't remember it from name. And then as soon as I heard the first four, don't hold your breath. Hey, hey, I was like, oh yeah, that one. I I was all I was looking up what did better in Australia because I was tossing up between that or um or that one that's like come here baby come be my baby yeah, come be my baby uh, uh. Oh. so that one did better that one did better than don't hold your breath but don't hold your breath did better globally and had more stream has more streams on Spotify anyway just a side note no, I have to really choose uh, I really don't like Dust Till Dawn at all actually um. I only like when their voices like merge for that s- small little bit. Like yeah. I like that, but I feel like it was at the label's last ditch attempt to make Zayn like commercially Commercial. relevant. Yeah, and it doesn't really sound. It doesn't sound like anything he's done, and he kind of sounds unhappy throughout the whole thing. So <laughs> don't hold your breath. Revered single by Nicole Scherzinger is the winner. That was us, like one of the best tones in modern R&B and pop. And then we're like, yeah, don't hold your breath by Nicole Scherzinger. That's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we talk really briefly about the um, producers on, um, on don't hold your breath? Cause Steve, Steve Angelo yeah. from Swedish house mafia was one of the producers on that song. Did he really? Yeah. No shit. And Toby Gad um, co-wrote Nic- it. Like Nicole had a little run, like a forgotten run of, great singles after Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. Like we had right there, which we talked about. Come be my baby. Come be my baby. She had a whole other album, which I'm struggling to name any song on it. You mean Big Fat Lie? Big Fat Lie. Yeah. The (laughs) deluxe edition with big singles like On the Rocks and God of War. (laughs) (laughs) Did did they, did she do a song with, with, um, Enrique? Yeah. Heartbeat. Remember that? Oh, yeah, that I was great. Feel your heartbeat. All right, let's park Nicole for a future po- flop stars. Yeah, yeah we'd say. <laughs> Tweet us if you Has want. Has there ever been a coup against an artist of flop stars? Have we ever changed course midway? <laughs> we should do a coup. One of our episodes, we should just do a coup. It's a really yeah. shit album. If we were to do our JT Man of the Woods episode, that was that is, I was gonna say if we do that, I'm you're coming gonna in stage with an coup. <laughs> <laughs> Midway through, you're just gonna hear Black Pink in your area. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, moving. On. I think this is um, potentially gonna be the interesting part of this episode. Oh, yeah, because so, the last half an hour's been. <laughs> One of the great bores. <laughs> yeah, pretty boring. <laughs> but it is going to get better. And we do give you a lot, a lot of bang for your buck. So you can't complain if we waste the first half an hour. Um, <laughs> I feel like the, one of the most interesting things about Zane is what... Ha- like, even though I know now that he's not interested in being a pop star, what he does still surprises me all the time. Mm. Just the moves he's made have been very confusing. So Mind of Mine comes out. It's number one in most countries. Has a pretty good first week in most countries. It's got a number one single under its arm. He then starts to pull out of big live performances. The album gets one more single and then basically he's done with that era. Moves on. The next we hear of him is I Don't Want to Live Forever, which comes, I think, maybe a year later. Yeah. But 
he's basically ditched his first big, big like commercial album yeah. and stops doing press mostly and kind of retreats and then comes back officially with Dust Till Dawn, confusing single choice, then starts to sporadically release singles that are all of a very different ilk and quality <laughs> before his label seems to get over whatever the fuck he's doing and allows him to release an album that I believe was about 24 songs long. Yeah. Maybe. 26, um, I think it was. 27? 20. Because it has... Odd, yeah, something... Yeah. Although... 29 songs long. Get off that because that's part of my game. Get off that album. You're not allowed to look at that album. Okay. I'll move on. All right. Um, and then after that, he does... He, well, obviously, he's just dropped an album. Nobody is listening, <laughs> which is an interesting choice of title. And it feels like it came out of nowhere able to have it. as well. It came like, out of nowhere. There was a Literally single, Vibes, and then the album just appeared a week later. 11 songs long, which is a third of the length of the last album. So he couldn't have three more albums that are so different... In saying that, I don't think he's made a bad album yet. I think the middle one could have been chopped down quite considerably, but yeah. there's some very good songs on there, in my opinion. Yeah, It just seems to me that he doesn't want to be in the public eye. He d- he's got anxiety issues, clearly, so yeah. he doesn't want to be on the stage. And he's in this weird position where he's forced to c- compete in the commercial landscape because he came from a gigantic boy band. But basically everything he's doing is the complete opposite to how you would... Beha- I mean, if you look at Harry, for example, his career is the complete opposite to Harry. So it's like you can't even talk about what went wrong with it. It's not like he's trying to like lodge hits and he has no idea what's going wrong yeah he's not he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants now that's it and that unfortunately for everyone involved just doesn't work the tension that that creates the grinding of teeth between what zane wants to do in his heart and what the rest of you know the and what is required of him as a as a mainstream pop star just don't work together in zane's ideal world he would make music locked away in a cave with a couple of key collaborators and just put it out there for the fans for the core fans that actually care about him but i don't even think he really gives a shit about that i think he just wants to make the music that feels right to him do it his way but as you say you know he's come from this boy band background he's got you know there's an expect expectation on him to deliver songs in a certain way and to deliver that music in a certain way and to promote it and to tour it. Yeah. To do all the things that are expected of someone who is a chart-topping pop star with millions of followers and a bank account to match it. And yeah. I, I feel really... You know what? I feel really bad for him and I feel really bad for the label and I feel really bad for everyone involved in these projects because he's... Everyone involved, Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard. it is really difficult. He just wants to have a pint at the pub. Exactly. I got his mitts. And make music. And the music's fantastic. And even even if the music, particularly on Icarus Falls, you know, potentially lost its way a little bit um, and, and lost some discipline, it's still music that he was proud of and that he wanted to make. And at the end of the day, if we're to be, you know, music purists for a second, that's what everyone's aiming for, just to make music they exactly. actually like and that they're proud of. 
in that way, it's like hard to criticize what he's doing. Like every single person we've discussed on Flop Stars, you can pick apart the release schedules and you can pick apart the music videos and everything that they did and the choices they made because they were actively playing the pop game. Like yeah. Katy Perry is always playing the, the pop game and yep. Taylor Swift is and even to some extent Charlie XCX is playing like she wouldn't be happy just disappearing and not catering to her fans at all. Yep. But here's the first artist we're talking about who literally only cares about the music. Yep. He has no and I and he'd probably be more than happy to just have this new album sitting on a hard drive that he can play for Gigi and the new Bob and no one else has to hear it. That's it. <laughs> Maybe that was the point of it. Maybe that's why nobody's listening. But also he looks at he's obviously uh, looks at Frank Ocean with some envy because he's such an enigmatic pop star and so yep. popular and still quite commercial in a way but doesn't have to do anything but that's because he built his career like that yeah. he was always like that he had a mysterious mixtape and then kind of leaked his debut album a few weeks early split away from the label and now is like barely seen out in public yeah doing whatever just, he feels unfortunately, like unfortunately just sometimes you can't have anything you like and i think this new album is the closest he's come to getting what he actually wants to do because he just wants to drop an album with all the fanfare and he doesn't want to have to do promotional things maybe he'll do an interview here or there slagging off one direction but that's that's all and it'll always (laughs) it'll always be a print interview with no audio or video available so that you can't actually confirm that he said that and the tone in which he said it and the context in which he said it they make it very editable every time um i think i think you're so right and i'm i'm really um, and to be honest we talk about this like enigmatic fascinating pop star where you don't know everything about them and i think zayn has a touch of that from the way he has kind of you know, mm. treated the music industry in the last six or seven years. I think he has to an extent, definitely not to a Frank Ocean level, um, you know, and, and you're right, you can't build a kingdom and then pull it down brick by brick and go back to nothing. Like, once you are a certain level of fame, you will always be famous forever. Yeah. To to yeah. differing extents, but once you're a household name, you can't not, you can't just become an enigma unless you do a secret project. Um, and I think he he's a really fascinating pop star in that sense, though, because I can't really think of, of too many others who have done that, with the exception of um, some of the members of Five, but they're also not releasing music still. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, I can't think of anyone who's successfully kind of continued releasing music and retreated from the mainstream. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's come from that... the level of Zayn. Yeah. I mean, you can talk about someone like Carly Rae Jepsen, but she never had a fan base that was as big as One Direction or as teen heavy as One Direction. One Direction were the biggest and band Charlie in the world. Charlie X, X, certainly. They were exactly. the biggest band in the world for years. You can't be the biggest band in the world with five characters in that band. There wasn't a lead in that band. All five of them yeah. have gone on to successful solo careers. One, maybe not so much, but... Okay, Harry is doing his absolute best. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't be the biggest man in the world with five very distinguishable members who all had their own individual fame and then go back and retreat and release music on your own. It just isn't physically possible for people's minds to retreat you back and push you back 
down that far. People's minds don't, people's brains don't do that. And so I'm, I'm really fascinated in what, how that will continue to manifest as more music is released from Zayn. Because, you know, I, I don't think he's shy of releasing music. I don't think he's, you know, nervous about putting songs out. I just don't think he wants to do it in a traditional sense. Um, yeah, it's a very fascinating process. Do you think it says anything about, like, how we treat mainstream slash commercial artists? Because I feel like there are so many coming through now who obviously have um, anxiety and mental health issues. Mm. And it's part of the reason why their music is so, like, insightful and so widely connected to. Yeah. But then you're forced to do live performances and do all the promotional stuff because literally when you get popular and you're signed to a label, that's what you have to do. Not everyone can be Fiona Apple and Frank Ocean. They're in a very enviable position. Like even The Weeknd eventually had to cave and start playing the, the pop star role. And I just remember last year there was like stars like Summer Walker who were having so much crippling anxiety being on stage, but it's like, what do you want to do? You're going to play the game, or you're not going to play the game. Yeah. Does Does Zane situate like? Is there an out for him? Is there anything he can do? And does it say something about the wider industry and the way that people are kind of pigeonholed into this position of being an entertainer when they just want to be an artist? It's a very big question, and I think it's very individual. I think there is an issue with I I, I wouldn't put it all up to the music industry because I think even if Zayn were to sever all his ties with the music industry and sever all mm-hmm. his relationships, there would still be some sort of bubbling fan base there because of what's happened so far. There would be a bubbling... Even if Zayn put out a statement saying, I'm never releasing music again, never contact me again, I'm going into hiding, goodbye. <laughs> which I wouldn't put it past him doing. Um, no. <laughs> the, and the industry was to approve, like support that and, and you know end his contracts and stuff. There would still be a little base of fans on Twitter going, oh, this is all promotion. He's just doing this to, you know, get away. And then egging him on constantly. And constantly expecting there to be a new record at some point. And then three years will pass and they'll still go, we we need more Zayn music. And then it'll be like, Zayn's got to come through and save 2020. And like, things like that. There's no way. I I honestly don't see where, where that out is from a from a notoriety perspective and from people that know who he is. Um, That's if he wanted to do that. But I think there is still in it, like seeing the way he was talking about the new music he's been making, I think there's still an element of Zane that does want to release music in a, you know, and and have people hear it. I don't think he's... Definitely. Yeah. It feels like he's into this album. Yeah. And it does feel the most like uniquely him. Yeah. I think. I think it's an exceptionally complex one, the the Zane story. And I think as much as we can try and dig it apart and people change as well. You know, how Zayn would have been feeling, you know, potentially after, after mind of mine, how he would have felt after Icarus falls and how he's feeling now are potentially three different states of mind. And exactly. It's not, he doesn't owe us or owe fans any explanation of how he's feeling at any particular point about the release process. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that's the way we can, as an industry and as fans, support the artist, is not asking for an explanation on anything and allowing their state of mind to move around. Yeah. He also seems to have a thing for dating exceptionally famous women, which doesn't (laughs) always help help. his cause. It doesn't (laughs) help! (laughs) 
God. All right, I want to hear your game. Oh, it's actually not very good. What a surprise. It's not very good. I don't know if I want to do it because it's really shit. No, you have to do it now. Okay, the game The game is, it doesn't really have a name, but it's, was this a song from Icarus Falls? Because there's 29 songs on Icarus Falls. And I want to see if these phrases or words popped up on Icarus Falls. You know, I, I, I feel like this is not going to go well for you. I actually am probably one of the rare people who've really rinsed Icarus Falls. <laughs> Repeatedly. See, I thought I'd be able to spring you with this one. No, I actually love it. I could even probably sing you the songs that you mentioned. Not that I'm going to. So, I'm on vocal rest. Okay, no, moment. if you know it, you get an extra point if you can sing the song. Okay, all okay? right. Okay, let's start with this. Thunder. Is that a song on Icarus Falls or not? Thunder. No. Correct, it's an Imagine Dragons song. <laughs> Satisfaction is that a song on it? Yes. Oh, you got yes, that scarily is. quickly. And how yeah. does it? And how does it go? Um, it's like because I can't get no satisfaction, and then it's all in my home. Mm-hmm, oh my mm-hmm. god! See, the- I'm not going to sing. Uh, he sounds very good on that song, so I'm not going to compete. No, him. I like that. I like that I you like the floor. doing your go. Um, the Zane stands are going to be so impressed with you. They're going to be so happy with you. Yeah, I know. See, don't come for me because I, I can criticise him because I listen. Insomnia. Yes. Correct. Sing it for me. I, I listened to that today. It's like right at the end of the Oh, album. my God. But it's... um. Yeah, I can't sing it. I don't... I don't... can't remember. Golden. No. That's Harry Styles. <laughs> This game was thwarted because you have listened to Icarus Falls more than one occasion. <laughs> you get me on Man oh. of the Woods with this. <laughs> Another drop in the pond. That's coming. It's happening. <laughs> Entertainer. Yes. That was one of the terrible... Se- that one's not so good. I hate that you have any kind of context on this. <laughs> Two more. Fly away. Do you? No. Correct. That's a Tones and I song. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Don't you know I'm the king of maximalism? The, of course fi- I'm going to like an album with 29 <laughs> songs on it. <laughs> the final one. Dangerous. Oh, I think I've got him on this one. Is this on Icarus Falls? No. The song Dangerous. No. A clean sweep. Correct. That's a David Guetta yes. song. That <laughs> could be bloody anyone. <laughs> rock set. It was a rock set song. Well, thanks for playing that game. Thanks for humouring it. <laughs> That's all right. Thank you for choosing a Chris Falls. You should have done the new one. That would have got me. Oh, I should have. What are the titles on the new one? Oh, they're kind I of think similar. every song ends with Z, doesn't it? <laughs> Calamity Z's <laughs> betters. Unfuckwittable is one of the names of it. 
Um, the first song, Calamity, is very is quite interesting. Actually, he's doing some kind of spoken word poetry, which oh. very much lends itself to the isolated shed yeah. moment we've been talking about. That's nice for him. Back to mind of mine. Isolated shed. <laughs> Don't we? All, isn't that where we've all been the last year? In an isolated yeah, exactly. shed. <laughs> An isolated shed in a rural town called Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know we've kind of touched on this, but do you feel like there's any songs on the album that could have been singles if you were the record exec who'd been delivered this very downbeat album? What would you have plucked (laughs) out and tried to give commercial CPR to? Mate, I think there is one... I'm sorry for calling you mate. I don't think I've ever called you mate. Just call me mate. I just said mate, yep. Oh, what the hell is going on with me? I went to a sports game last night. I say pint once in an episode and you throw mate. In a British accent. (laughs) After that fucking terrible game, you have the audacity to call me mate. I need to be kicked off this podcast. I know I threatened to leave earlier when you said never be the same as the best song in Camila Cabello's discography. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you wanted to do a man. You you weren't hoping for Zane. You were hoping for like Birds of Tokyo or something. (laughs) That's an Australian pub rock band if you are confused. Um, Kings of Leon for our year. Kings of Leon. Yeah, that kind of vibe. Um, There is one pretty obvious one for me and that is wrong with Kalani. I think that's a standout song on the album and I think it provides good, that point it? of difference that maybe Zayn needed if the first couple of hits weren't working. Or, I mean, Pillar worked. But, you know, if they if they were struggling to set the world on fire, why not do the one that has a bit of, you know, a bit of an additional, you know, thing about it? And it's a really great, yeah. well-structured pop song as well, but it's really R&B at the same time. I think it really... It sums up everything. I think Kalani adds maybe that element of, you know, more R&B credibility if he required that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I would be, I'd be pushing wrong to radio for sure. Yeah, and it was, a, it was an interesting choice to have her yeah. on it as well because she wasn't really making waves in the mainstream at no. all. So quite a cool addition. I was shocked, I remember, when the track list came out and she yeah. was on it. And of course, now she's been with... With Biebs and toured with Biebs yeah. and stuff. She's very much ingrained. Absolutely. But um, at the time, it was it was an interesting choice. And sometimes when it... You know, I think, I think sometimes when you take an early bet on an artist like that, the credibility that it brings to you after that artist blows up as well, particularly if yeah. the label's got a pretty sure idea that they are going to blow up, the credibility that that adds to the, to the Zane project afterwards, I think is quite phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I would have gone with that one. And... The fact that he chose her, I'm assuming like it was partly his decision to have her on it. It shows me that he knew the, the kind of lane that he was in. Yeah. Because Kalani's a, an artist who can very cleverly traverse the pop and R&B world. Yeah. So the fact that he recognised that, I think, shows that he wasn't far from the mark on this one if he was capable of giving it a little bit of an extra public push. Yeah. Uh, for me, though, I would have gone with T.I.O. Take it off the last one. I think it's a it's a bit of a banger. Yeah. Um, the biggest like banger apart from Pillow Talk, and it kind of follows a similar sound to Like I Would, but it's got it's a little bit more melodic. Yeah. Also, Fool for You, which is the big ballad, could have worked as well. Yeah. He sounds good on that. Beautiful. And and there were so many going back on the album as a whole, just listening to the different the the range where his voice can go. 
and the different tones yeah. that he can he can bring. He can really bring it, pull it back when he needs to, and he can belt at the same time and sort of melt those into one song really nicely. I think it's really impressive. It's just at, at the risk of sounding um, mm. idiotic, mm. he's he's um, of Muslim faith, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And he sings in some kind of, like, Islamic dialect at some point, oh, I feel yeah. like. Oh, yeah. I think so. Anyway, think... he sounds really good doing it. Is it on the first... Is it on the intro track? I think track? it's on Flower Intermission. Yeah. I think you... Let's have a look at that. Um, we need it. You know what we need on this show that other shows have? They have a fact checker. A producer. That checks... <laughs> that too. <laughs> they have... Well, they have a producer that will often do fact checking and then at the end of the show bring the facts to everyone. Um, well, if anyone wants to do that... It's in, Ur- it's in Urdu. Pakistani folk sound. With Urdu lyrics. Urdu yeah. lyrics, yeah. His father's native tongue. That's really fascinating. Yeah, he sounds amazing singing like that. Like, yeah. I mean, his tone's incredible, and the way he can slip through melodies is really impressive, I think. Absolutely. I, I almost felt like I wanted him to explore that more when I heard him do that on this album. And I think, actually, he does sing like that on the new album at some point as well. Um, I really love that. And I just had a quick glance through an article and and what he says on Flower is apparently a a saying that was passed down through his family. So I love the, I love the root of that, um, of that story as well. And, and that's the thing. I think, you know, he's showing, this was like a real revelation of who he is. Um, It it all feels very authentic. None of this feels forced in the slightest, which is, I think been the, um, you know, been the issue with some, flop stars that we've chatted about particularly on debut solo um, albums is some of it's felt quite yeah. forced and to prove a point whereas all this feels very genuine and very natural and I think that's the best thing that any artist can strive to be. Talking of One Direction oh, not talking of One Direction talking of debut solo <laughs> albums yeah. if we were kind of going to rank his um, his debut in amongst all the One Direction debuts I think they've all, yeah they've all had an album now. Mm. Where do you think Mind of Mine sits in the Within the five. That's a very difficult one. You're talking debuts only? Yeah. All right. Well, it's Louis, Louis on the bottom. Um, <laughs> just put that there. Um, I would argue that Liam Payne gave him a really good go. You're right. You're right. There was some competition there. <laughs> there was. Um, so they're the bottom two for me, Louis and Liam. Yeah. I didn't remember if we ended up putting it In the bottom out. two and at risk of going home tonight. <laughs> Just like back on the show. Did Louis put an album out? Louis Tomlinson. Well, you just called it the worst one, so... I just presume. He did. It was called... <laughs> I just presume. I'm, a, I'm an awful person. I should that presumption's actually quite intelligent. I'll give you that. Not until 2020. His first album was this time last year. Wow. We're coming up to the one year anniversary. I'm assu- I haven't heard it, but I'm assuming it's like an oasis kind of... It's called Walls. ...pubby sound. Well, I think the thing that Louis struggled with, and I'm, I'm refusing to do a Louis Tomlinson flop stars, by the way. I'll do anyone, but I'm not doing a Louis episode. Actually, if you do Man of the Woods, I'll do Louis Tomlinson. Um. <laughs> well, that, that sounds terrible for me two times <laughs> over. <laughs> There, like Louis' biggest struggle, and I'll get straight back to Zane in a second to answer your question in full. But yeah. um, the 
Louis's biggest struggle was the other four had already dropped their staff and Louis had no lane to go in. Yeah. Zane had chosen really credible R&B. Harry had chosen David Bowie ballads. Paino had chosen Ed Sheeran co-written pop songs. Just whatever <coughs> would get a strain. <laughs> <laughs> Literally whatever. Um, and Niall had gone down the folky singer-songwriter route. Uh, which made sense for him. He was always the one with the acoustic guitar on stage at the One Direction show, slowing the, dub, the damn thing down. Um, oh, yeah. But, I, so Louis had no lane. That was Louis' biggest issue. Um, and I wish him all the best. Um, so Louis and Paino at the bottom, for sure. Then we've got Harry, Zane, and Niall. I'm going to have to say Niall, Niall third, but not to put any shade on him. I just don't think it was icon- as iconic as the other two albums. And Niall's second yeah. album was really, really good. Um, and he really found a lane that fits really nicely for him. Um, and, and his voice and the instrumentation was really interesting. So Niall's, Niall gets a good vote from me. Then you've got Harry and Zane left. We've done... <laughs> good we, votes. We've done... Nick's, <laughs> Nick's prize, good vote. We've done Harry... <laughs> I give three points to this one. Um, Harry's... Harry's um, when we went back on the Harry album, it yeah, it's it parts of it do stand up still, but it definitely didn't feel like a full exploration of who he is. Whereas with Zane's, that felt like a pretty straight up, straightforward exploration of the human being and yeah. the sound. So I'm gonna have to say Zane's is my fa- is is my favorite of the five. Yeah, I agree with you. Same with me. I think um, yeah, my ranking would be the exact same as yours. Except for I'll maybe play around with the Louis Liam ranking. I'd just have to explore both of those albums a little further. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have to say that Harry and Zane's were straights ahead of the other three. Yeah. Um, I was going to say maybe that gap's closed now, but Harry's album just got better. So maybe it's only gotten (laughs) bigger. Let's do a game. Yay. This one is um, guess the songs on na- rank every Icarus Falls song in order <laughs> from twenty nine to, to twenty nine, <laughs> and we're gonna sit here and we'll listen through it with you. <laughs> Got an hour and a half. Let's do it. <laughs> um, this is called Mind of Mine or Mind of Zane. Ooh. So I'm gonna give you two lyrics. You have to decide what lyric came from my mind. And what lyric came from Zane's mind? Okay, great. So you've been writing lyrics for your upcoming pop release. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to not push my agenda too much on this podcast, but I feel like sometimes when talent permits, I should have the spotlight. <laughs> Please read the first one. Okay. The first one is... You know what? Some of these are so good. I actually should have written down which one's mine and which one's Zane's. Wow. Your mind. My mind. Your mind. The first one is push me up against the wall, make me the paint, or push me up against the wall, don't take it easy. Push me up against the wall, don't take it easy. Don't take it easy. What was the first one? Push me up against the wall, make me the paint. Make me the paint. Wow. That's a good lyric. If that's you, I'll be kind of mortified, but really impressed. I'm going to say make me the paint is Zane, and the other one is you. 
<laughs> Make me the paint was me. Whoa! That's really impressive, Sam. Let's get you in a room <laughs> at Sony not. ATV Absolutely ASAP. not. Oh, Absolutely what? Not. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought it was you. It's Zane. What? I thought it was you. No, it's me. It was me. I'm saying I'm not get, getting in any rooms with anybody. I'm impressed. Not during COVID. No. You're very kind, so. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I'm glad I got that right. No, I'm, well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sad I got it wrong, but I'm impressed. Thank you. That means a lot. That's my pleasure. Um, okay, this one is just like the ocean, you change what I see, or just like the ocean, you feel like the sea. Feel like the sea. Or just like the ocean, come by the moon. It's the same as the emotion that yes, I get from lyric you. From Santana and Rob Thomas. Got the kind of love. Um, j- j- oh, sorry, you're going to have to repeat them. <laughs> All I could think of was smooth. You You're really going to turn people away with all these mate comments. You change like the ocean. Just like the ocean, you change what I see. Or just like the ocean, you feel like the sea. You change what I see, you feel like the sea. Just like the ocean, you feel like the sea. I reckon that's the Zane lyric and you change... The change one is you. Incorrect. Oh my God! Other way around. That's from Borders with a Z. Off Great. his off mind of mine. Great song. All of these are from mine of mine. Borders. Um Okay. This one is she likes when I'm messy and I like when she's undressing, or she likes when I'm sweaty and I like when she's cussing. <laughs> cussing has to be you. I can't imagine Zayn saying the word cussing in a cussing. song. Cussing. Cussing. She likes when I'm cussing. Cussing. You gotta remember Zane's got a northern accent. Which was kind of is that, isn't that pretty good. Cu- yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. I'm gonna go cussing is you. And the other one is Zane. Yeah, that's correct. Yay! Got one. Okay, fi- final one. I found my life in between shots and getting high. Or I found my keys in between my sheets and a towel. <laughs> I think the towel one might be you. <laughs> you got it. Between Two out. Between the <laughs> a towel. That's my bed. That's my bed situation at any point. Just yeah, literally. That's where I found my keys this morning. <laughs> <laughs> After you run. So I was yeah exactly. I was actually being quite heartfelt with these lyrics. That was very yeah nice, straight from honest, the heart. Very honest. heartfelt that line. Well, we've talked yeah. about that's the importance of, of being a pop star for sure. <laughs> Hit me. All right, let's do our best and worst song on the album plus a rating out of ten. Oh, I like this part. Definitely best song on the album. Still pillow talk. To be honest. I still think yeah. it's the best song on the album. Worst song, or it's a difficult one, because I don't feel particularly passionately upset about any of them. Um, Borders might be it. Borders might be it. Borders or Lucas Aid. I was just like, all right, come on, we're faffing around a bit here with both of those. <laughs> so that's my worst. Rating out of 10, I mean, it's a very hard one to sort of... If we're talking strictly on the music and not the rollout, which I think is a good way to look at this, we're looking at the, the quality. I think it's got to be yeah. a. Oh, I would have to give it a nine. 
out of ten. Wow, for sure. a nine. Yeah, I'd give it a nine. I just don't think there's too many flaws in it, um, especially for a first album. You've got to give it credit for that as well. I'm going to give it a nine. I, I'm the exact same as you this week. There's no make them money, make that money girl. Um, controversy here. Drama. My favourite's Pillow Talk and my least favourite's Borders, followed by Lucas A. Exactly, <laughs> was what I was going to say. Um, my rating out of 10 differs slightly to yours. I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Where does it, where does it lose very, two and a half? I think it's very good, but I just yeah. don't think it's... He's completely found his feet. Yeah, I think yep. there's a lot of insecurities on this album and a lot of tug of war between him and the record label. Yeah, that I makes still sense. don't think he's he's nailed it yet. But I don't think I think he's never far. From yeah, it. it's like will he nail will he nail it at some point? Do we think? Yeah, yeah. I hope he does. I hope he does. He deserves to. I think he will. I th- this album's close. Eleven tracks is the right move for him yeah surprise kind of surprise dropping it with a week's notice is the right move for him yeah so um putting z on the end of vibe is not a good move for anybody but we'll move past i got chastised by the zayn fans for saying i'm not listening to a song called vibes with a z i saw that absolutely chastised a lot of homophobia coming from the zayn camp i can't lie Lot of really? homophobes. I also in... like how they they pull the racism card like that. Yeah, that's their golden card. Yes, talking. Yes, no. It's just because the song's called Vibes, Star. Also, I listened to Vibes. Quite like it. Quite a good song. Yeah, I agree. Good song. You Could got them vibes. The got them vibes. Etc. So I love wrapping up these albums. We're going to do a new one every Thursday. So hit subscribe or follow and it'll jump into your feed straight away on a Thursday. Also follow our TikTok that we'll have some videos on it this week at Flopstars Pod because Flopstars was taken. Yeah, very good spiel. We do have to do our flop of the week, which we introduced last week to rave reviews. Um, <laughs> no one what said you... anything about it. Actually. <laughs> if you like, well, to be it... fair, last week's podcast was about three and a half hours, so True. no one yeah. made it to the end. No, twenty-seven percent of people made it to the end. We know that. Uh, well, this I just looked at the time of this podcast. It's doing quite the same thing, so. <laughs> You might not have made it here, but if you are here, it's good to have you. And we're going to tell you our flop of the week. Do you want to go first? first Well, I have a feeling we might have the same, same flop of the week. I, I would be extremely surprised. Wait, can we provide some context to flop of the week? That it's a song that, that we want to do well, right? Yeah. That is currently not doing well. It's currently not doing well. You know what? I want you to go first on this one. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I hate the I hate that I'm about to say this. I know what you're about this to say. This is somebody. Really, this is somebody that I've disliked. Oh, okay. No, I thought you were going to say Lana Del Rey for a very long time. No, I wasn't going to say Lana Del Rey. I do like the song "Train Wreck of a Week" for her last week. Um, <laughs> so you. I have disliked this person for a long time. Never liked any of his singles. Yeah. Ever. Um, but I think. Uh, Teach Me How to Love You by Sean Mendes should be doing better. Anderson Park on the drums. Very catchy. Finally sounds like Sean has a personality that's not... I don't know. The personality of a... Krill. (laughs) Of a Krill! You can't call an artist a Krill! (laughs) 
<laughs> he is a krill. <laughs> I'm amazed by this. Um, um, yep. But yeah, I think his whole campaign this time around, much better. Some bops on the album, and it surprises me that nothing's taking off. Yeah. I lost a bit of my ad- adoration of Shawn Mendes upon watching the movie on Netflix. I saw clips from it, and it sucks. It's shit. It's just when he's shit. Like, you know that song? It was about you, and it was like four years ago. And she's it's like, "It's horrendous. Oh. oh, it's just terrible. It's so forced." And that, honestly, I actually think, as a like fringe fan of Sean, like I've been to the shows. I think he's so talented. He's so good live. He seems like a yeah. lovely human being. The music's great. That pulled some points away for me. Um, which I was really sad about because, yeah, I wanted to be a, a, a big stan. Um, my flop of the week, a song that I think should be doing better, and I hope it does, and I think it's got potential to continue to do so, is by Why Don't We, the boy bands. So oh, yeah. <clears throat> they took a couple of uh, years off. They took a bit of a break um, and have come back with an album entirely produced by one of the members, Daniel Seavey, and it's actually... Is a, that for real? It's a great album. There's some additional production on it from Travis Barker on this particular song that I want to talk about, Lotus Inn. I saw you moving on the dance floor. I caught you looking over um, Skrillex does additional production and Timberland has additional production on the final track on the album. Some really... But the, one of the band members did most Daniel, of the production. Daniel did the core production of all... 10 what songs. A talented young man. Very talented young man. The writing credits are really interesting. It's predominantly just the band and the songs are really strong. However, this one, Lotus Inn, has a writing credit from Billy Corgan because the beat they've used for it is a Travis Barker slightly reworked version of 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. Is it? Brought into a really... God, they were real rock dogs on that album. Yeah. Don't they use a, um, a Marilyn Manson sample as well? On they it? do at some point um, and for and the first um, yeah that's the one they use it on don't they the do 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 that's the Kanye black skinhead sample yeah but that's sampled from um, oh from yeah you're Manson. right you're right yeah. they had to clear it with Kanye though I know that oh did they yeah they had to get Kanye's approval oh. on that one yeah so it's oh, got gosh. about that song has about 16 <laughs> writing credits on it um, but the album in total it's just 10 tracks and they're all really really interesting pop um, you know, you've got a couple of the one that Skrillex jumps on is like a really cool kind of subtly done, you know, little bits, of, little elements of electro pop song. Then you've got some, you know, really nice, tastefully done ballads. Um, and and then you've got this this song Lotus In, which is like a reworked version of 1979 with new melody and new top line and just really tastefully done pop across those 10 songs. Um, I think they could actually be a, a genuinely forceful pop, um, pop band oh, in the future so definitely worth your time and the, the album's well, only half an hour saying that we never do males on this podcast has been like water oh my god males. it has Real sausage sausage what's the, sausage part sausage fest sausage fest yeah sausage fest <laughs> can't even say <laughs> all males wall to wall with the exception of Nicole Scherzinger's Don't Hold Your Breath <laughs> which is the real star of this episode I would say um, should we announce what album we're doing next week or keep it a surprise as always I think we'll keep it a surprise won't we because we've got an idea of what we want to do but yeah something let's keep might it a happen. surprise yeah it's, it's, it's massive 
where I'm blocking four hours out of my calendar for yeah. it personally. It's going to be epic. You won't have to block four hours out of your calendar because we'll edit it, but it might take us four hours to record all of our thoughts into one go. It. Often I don't edit it. <laughs> <laughs> Hit subscribe, follow, all that jazz. You know what to do. Um, let us know your thoughts in the review section or you can tweet us our Twitter bios will be uh, our Twitter handles will be in the podcast bio that's what you've got to do or, or um, catch us on our parlor or can't jump <laughs> inciting the insurrection tomorrow <laughs> bye Sam <laughs> bye have a great week he don't do